Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Many of us have an approach to religion that's based on habits we're comfortable with. Today's guest, Sam Hunter, offers us an approach to our relationship with Jesus that's based on trust in the Holy Spirit. He takes us on a journey with Apostle Peter to witness his transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit and helps us to learn how we too can find a joy-filled life with this new power Jesus promised. That's today on Connections. Today's guest is Sam Hunter. He's an author, a teacher, and a host of 721 Live. First of all, I heard that you're an engineer, but you're also a radio guy. How'd this all come to be? My my college and early work uh, experience and training was in structural engineering, and that was just because my father was a structural engineer. But one thing that that puts into your head is a very logical way of approaching things mm. because you're designing and you're dealing with forces and, and, the, and, and all of that. So that has transferred into my reading of Scripture and my understanding of Scripture and how you, one really wants to just break it down and get it as simple as possible so that we can then understand what the Scripture is. So I started instructional engineering, but shortly after that I, I transferred into real estate just by some chances that looking back on it, I can see that God was working in that detail, but got into real estate development and then a little more construction all on a kind of a smaller level. But in 2004, I felt the pressure for the last, say, the previous 18 months, the pressure to move into permanent or full-time ministry. I was doing a lot of things with a lot of different men's groups and even couples groups. And I just kept hearing, Sam, you need to be doing this full time. And I would say, well, I have a, I have a business. I have a little small construction real estate business, but it just kept coming and kept coming. And finally, through various circumstances, I, I just, I really heard the Lord say, stop and start this. So 721 Ministries, uh, it reaches out to Christian businessmen, can be heard on the radio in the United States. Why focused on Christian businessmen? Why did you, why did you feel that calling, do you think? Mike, what a harvest that will never be depleted. I live in the South. Uh, what we write and what we do on the radio show does reach out on a national audience, and we actually get into international audiences. But, but in the South, everyone is a Christian, uh-huh. or at least they think they are, because they go to a Christian church and their parents were Christians, and their parents went to a Christian church. And, and, and these men that I deal with, that I had been watching for years before we started this ministry, they're good men. They're doing the best they can. They're showing up at church. They're doing the regular things. They're doing the community things. Now, this is true for women, too, but I just, my particular focus, which the Lord made clear, was for men and businessmen, because I had been in business for all those years. I was not a preacher from the beginning, uh, so I have a lot of common ground with these men, and they sense that and they know that. Uh, but these men are all showing up at church on Sunday, and no one is telling them that there's more to it than that, that there's more to it than just showing up at church and doing the community, the good community things and building your resume that you think one day you're going to hand to Jesus and he's going to say, oh, that's great. You did a great job. So Matthew 7, 21, 22, and 23 outlines exactly what it's going to look like for a lot of men and women on Judgment Day who are going to show up and hand a resume to Jesus with all the things they've done. And he's going to say, I, uh-uh, I, I don't know you. You did, you did all those things because they made you look good or feel good or they satisfied your checklist for religion, but you never actually took the time to get to know me. That's a pretty scary thought, isn't it? 
When I first read Matthew 7, 21, 22, and 23, Mike, it knocked me out of my chair as, I, as it soaked in, as I began to realize, is this saying what I think it's saying? Is Jesus actually saying what I think he's saying? And then I look around. Now, I know that that, that may vary a bit as you go throughout the country because the South is so steep in the Bible Belt and all of that, but it, it still holds true. We, we humans think, and especially Americans, because that's driven into us, that performance is all is what it's all about. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's really about knowing me. And really, this is what kind of led you down the path to write The Missing Link. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I, I can, Colleen. I, it, we started 721 in 2004, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I was called to, to reach these men. So we started a small group in my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina, about four men, and in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is just an hour hour down the road. And by 2007, three years later, I was burning out. And I was only doing these two meetings, no radio show, no writing, just doing these two meetings. And I was burning out, and I, and I remember having this long discussion with, with my Heavenly Father in, in prayer. And I, I just heard him saying, look, I know your, your heart is sincere and your motivation is sincere, but you're doing this in your own power. You're cranking out these these topics and these lessons and all of this in Sam's power, and that's not going to work. And at that point, I started looking into leaning into the Holy Spirit power, appropriating the Holy Spirit power, which I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about that calling, and I just knew there was a trinity. And so I started looking in 2007. I've got notes in my various uh, journals and all that I that's when I started, but it was about 2011 when I really kicked it into high gear and started digging and understanding that living with the power of the Holy Spirit is something that every one of us can do. And it was promised to us by Jesus. He promised us that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us, Acts 1-8, that we would be better off with the Holy Spirit, and that we'd do even greater things than he did with the Holy Spirit. And yet, yet Colleen, you look around... And nobody is living with that kind of power. I mean, I say nobody. Ninety-five percent of the people who are true Christians, are they don't have a clue. And when I talk about it and teach about it over these last few years, I've become very focused on this. I have men and women constantly coming up to me and saying, I never heard this. Nobody, nobody ever taught me this. Of course, they taught us about the Trinity, but nobody ever told us that there was a Holy Spirit who would get into the details of my life and help me, we call it energy, clarity, and creativity. What happens when people do find that missing link? You get, you start to get this new sense of energy. You get this new sense of clarity. You can see what's most important. You can see things more clearly, maybe with the eyes of your heart. Uh, and then you get this creativity, even in things like business and family relationships. You just don't do it the same old, same old. You just have a new percolate. I like this joke around with my children and say I'm vibrating at a high frequency. <laughs> uh, but now let me let me also be quick to say, I'm not talking about, and in this book, The Missing Link, we're not talking about speaking in tongues and performing miracles, although those things may apply to any particular individual, and I, and I believe they would and can. I'm more talking about the day in and day out, details of your life, family relationships, business relationships, all of these things that we deal with every day, can we live with the Holy Spirit power in those details? And that's why I was, I was really compelled to write this book. 
you chose to write this book entirely from Apostle Peter's perspective. Why did you choose to do that? Well, you know, Peter is is really every man, and he's really every woman, because we're all human. He is a man, and the, and the men will relate to him perhaps a little more than, than women, but not. this is not specifically for men, because we're all humans, and we all, no matter how nice we may be, we all, when you, when you get down to it, we want our way. We want our way. We want to be king or queen of the castle. We would never admit that, but it's, it's, it's embedded in our hearts. We want to do things the way we think is the best way to do it. And Peter, it's just such a classic example. I mean, it's, he's a target-rich environment, if you want to use that terminology, Colleen. He, he represents what we all look like, and he's impetuous. He's sincere, but he's impetuous. He can't sit still. He's got to do things. You know, just as a quick example, in Acts 1-8, as Jesus makes his final ascension, he says to the disciples very clearly, go back into Jerusalem and wait on the Holy Spirit. And the first thing Peter does when they get back and get back together in the room is he says, we got to choose the 12th disciple. Well, nobody told him he needed to choose the 12th disciple. He was specifically told to wait on the Holy Spirit, and he didn't. So he goes back and he starts tossing dice, which is an Old Testament, pre-Holy Spirit way of deciding things. You don't see anybody tossing dice for the rest of the New Testament, or for the rest of history, if you want to put it that way, because now we have the Holy Spirit to give us that direction, but Peter's not going to wait for that. He's going to do it his way, or the way he thinks it ought to be done. So he's just a classic example uh, for us to follow. Now, I bring in conversations with the other apostles, with John, he's, he's prevalent in the story, and, and uh, Thomas and Matthew and the others, and then I bring in Paul, Saul at first, who becomes known by Paul, and I, I, I create these conversations so that the reader, reading this book, The Missing Link, can see how it looks for real human beings to warp. You know, they're trying to sort out what does this look like? What is this new Holy Spirit? How do... And you're not going to understand this just by reading Scripture about the Holy Spirit, although please do. You need to follow along with someone's experience of figuring this thing out, what it looks like to, to really lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, and then what it looks like to forget about that and lean into the power of yourself. And Peter's just a great example of figuring this whole thing out. What was like your biggest aha moment in your own journey about learning to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit? I will. I can be very clear about that, I really might, because it, the the key word that I have found that that unlocks the door into living with the power of the Holy Spirit is what I just talked about: wait. And the Lord put that on my heart. I believe the Holy Spirit put it in my heart that we we talk about see, seek, want, and wait. And that we we, we flesh that out in this book. Uh, the missing link, and that's why I think your readers ought to read this, because this idea of you first, to start this process, you have to actually see that, that the Holy Spirit is real and that he's around and he's available to get in. You have to start looking for him. And then seeking means you're looking everywhere for him. You're starting to bring him into business situations, decisions, conferences, meetings you're going to have, personal relationships. The next step is you have to want him to be in charge and the reason we don't want him to be in charge is not because we're bad people necessarily, is we want to be in charge. Right. <laughs> but then the key to, uh, I mean, we do. You know, I mean, even if my, I got a 94 year old mother and I got three sisters, they're all bright, 
they're accomplished, they're smarter than I, but I'm the brother, and I, I believe I know the best way for things to go. <laughs> and, and, and so I have learned, especially through that process of my dear mother, as I said, is now 95, and the, my father died seven years, eight years ago, and the things that I've sort of taken over as the son and all of this, that, Sam, wait. You think you've got a good idea. Just wait and see if the Holy Spirit opens the door for that or see if he has a different way of doing it. You might think you're right, Sam, but you might not be all right. And so in various things I've seen with, with this with this dynamic of my family is, Sam, just stop and wait. Don't send the email. Don't call your sisters. Don't make that decision. Just wait. That started to transfer into all kinds of things that I've done with the ministry where I've got to see someone or I see a situation that I feel like I need to address or I need to speak into. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, okay, well, you just wait and let me open the door for that if I want to. And if I don't open the door, then you just hang back and, and keep it to yourself. And what I found when I'm willing to wait, and that wait may be 30 seconds, it may be three minutes, it may be three days, it may be 30 days, sometimes it may be three months or three years. But what I, what I found is, if the Holy Spirit wants me to go a particular route, to, to make that phone call, to send that email, to contact someone, to make that decision, whatever it is, if he wants me to do it, he'll open it up. And he'll, he'll smooth the way for it to happen. But if Sam charges ahead, oftentimes I create a lot of tension or unintended consequences that, because the situation wasn't ready. For me to move in. So this whole idea of waiting has become my key word, Mike and, and Colleen. My key word in life is to wait and see what the Holy Spirit does. And if I'm sitting in a situation and I still have business situations because I, I mean, a ministry is still has business aspects to it, or, or any other situation like that, I just, I just always try to s- slow down and practice waiting for the Holy Spirit to go out ahead and show me the way he wants me to do it, open up the doors for that, move me in a different direction, and it has made all the difference in my life. Wait, I think waiting's the hardest thing in the world for so many of us to do, right? <laughs> oh, we, we call it in the book the weight of weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight of weight, because it is so difficult. Sam, what has the response been like since you've released this book? You know, I have been really uh, encouraged by the folks. You know, you write, you write, Colleen, you, 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 you spend all this time, you know, you, over a period of three years, you put all this together and you edit it, and then you come back and you edit it again, and you don't know if it's good. You think it's good. You th- I mean, good in the sense that you've done the best you can do, and you think what you've written is helpful and impactful, but you don't know. And then I start getting these responses, and we, you know, we just recently had a review from, uh, a gentleman in Toronto who said, he said, yeah, you, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. It's, it's different from the other books. It's a conversational narrative, a historical narrative that I, I stick close to the, to the, to the book of Acts specifically, but even delving back into the Gospels. But this, this review we just got a couple of days ago, which we posted on our website where you can buy the book, puttinggreenblog.com, puttinggreenblog.com. We posted that review, and he says this, this is a book you have to read. 
And for those who want to learn more about you, and obviously you just mentioned where they can get the book, how can they go about doing that? I have our main website is 721ministries.org, 721ministries.org, Sam Hunter. You'll see on that website our radio shows that we archive, our podcasts, our different teaching tools. So the main website is 721ministries.org, and then our book website is puttinggreenblog.com. And the reason it's called puttinggreenblog.com is we've got two devotional books out called The Putting Green, Volume 1 and Volume 2, and, and you can find those on that website, but they've been very well received because they, it's just a daily, both of them are daily devotionals that, uh, you know, we like, I like to in my mind think about what we do as applied Christianity. You know, let's apply this to our lives, to the details of our lives, to the everyday of our lives, and that's what you find in these two Putting Green devotionals, and then what I've tried to do in The Missing Link. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to reading this book. I need to wait a little bit myself, so I will not wait to read the book, though. (laughs) That's great, Mike. Colleen, I appreciate y'all having me on. Thanks so much, Sam. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.